And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money. Markets. Life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Ross, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. Welcome, everybody. We are looking at futures down this morning. 302 points on the Dow. S&P down 36. To make it easier, I brought in Girl Scout cookies for Brent. Just to keep him happy. Got to keep Brent happy because if Brent's ha- not happy, nobody has. <laughs> Got to keep Brent happy. I'll share with you. <laughs> I've got my own stash. Thank you. <laughs> when they have that Girl Scout cookie weekend, mm-hmm. it's like February 18th to February 20th. Yeah. It's when all the Girl Scouts galvanize and they get out there just to get you before you walk into the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like barracudas. I will never forget. I was... <laughs> And how do you do? Do you push them away? What do you do? Yeah. No cash. No cash. No cash. Shopper carries no cash. <laughs> oh, we take credit, sir. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they will. We take Square. Do we they take, really? Good for them. <laughs> we take Bitcoin. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's coming. Cook Girl Scout cookies sold by Bitcoin. You know that is. They're coming. working on their cyber currency uh, <laughs> merit badge. What are you calling it? The girly coin? What is, it, what is oh, it, the Girl Scout Richard. coin? No, the Girl Scout coin. <laughs> For just to buy cookies and Girl Scout uh, to support the Girl Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> Big business, though, Girl Scout cookies. Do you know how much they sell a year? How much? i got to find it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Well, they make something like $800 million a year. Does that show up in the CPI? I, you know what? Did, did you see that there was an issue with ingredients for Girl Scout cookies? So they had to hike the price. Ah. So eight hundred million, the Girl Scouts net six hundred million in net revenue. That is a nice business, right? Those darn yeah. cookie pushers. <laughs> and then they send you a website link now. You don't even have to see them. But I'll never forget. I was at Kroger, and there was a table, Girl Scouts, and with all these stacks of cookies. One guy came. Pulled up in a truck. I just saw the conversation, and they just started loading all the cookies, and they closed the guy, bought all the cookies. (laughs) Next time they need to save the time. Sir, can I have your number and address, please? (laughs) I think he was performing a public service for the neighborhood. You know what? I bet. Maybe he worked for Watchers. (laughs) You stack them out outside? Uh Yeah, right outside curves. You put two big stacks of cookies. See what happens. Have you noticed where Whataburger's been building their restaurants lately? Mm-mm. In the parking lots of LA Fitness. That is true. Think about it. And next to Chick fil A's. Yeah. I wonder how many people make that beeline right from LA Fitness <laughs> to Whataburger right after they yeah, work. Because they just say, ah, screw it. It doesn't flow the other way, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, it, abs- <laughs> it absolutely doesn't. So um, we got a big day of data today. We have average hourly earnings coming up. Uh, 
month over month for February expected 0.5. It was 0.7 during the during the previous. Obviously, the Fed's probably going to raise rates, but I think the market got some relief, Danny, from the fact that hey, they're not going to look at 50 basis points. They're going to probably look at 25 basis points. So if my house is on fire, uh, that fire being inflation, <clears throat> and there are fire trucks outside, someone comes over with a little little water shooter, little water gun, and starts squirting the fire. <laughs> That's all. Little squirt. Little squirt because we don't want to upset the market. Which, by the way, in the event of all the crises going down, is off 8.65% for the year, which is nothing. Noise. That's noise for the S&P 500. How many times a year, Danny, should you get a 5% pullback or a 10% correction? And we're not even there yet with everything that we're seeing. This morning, obviously predictable trades with the whole Ukraine, obviously— I don't know what they're bombing now, something nuclear, right? Um, you should be down, to me, a lot more than you're down this morning. Flight to quality trades, where's the treasuries? Where's the treasury yield yeah, this treasuries morning? Yeah, are down about seven basis points this yep. morning pre, pre-market. And I think what's really interesting right now is, are we getting back, if you remember any times of real turmoil, you know, you'd see everybody, you'd see a lot of selling on Fridays. Yes. People getting out. Yep. Going Before to that the weekend. quality. Yep. Don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Yep. So uh, maybe take a take a break, come back on Monday and see what happens. Now, if you listen to the Fed, and I think this is why the market took off, Powell is, he's talking about, and I, I mentioned this to a few clients the other day, is all the market needs to see is inflation peak and start to come down. It doesn't need to go down to some nebulous target set by the Fed. It just needs to trend in a different direction. Powell used those words this week, Danny. He said, if it starts, we're going to see if it trends lower. So it's not even, we're not talking about any kind of 2% target or anything. That's off the table. The fact that if it starts to trend down, then the house on fire, we may not even use a water gun. We might use a uh, whiskey shot glass of water. In other words, the rate hikes after this next rate hike uh, may be insignificant, which is sort of falling in line with some of the economists we follow and what we write here about the Fed may not get through as many rate hikes as some of the investment banks are forecasting, six or seven. Well, I think those forecasts are beginning to come down a tad bit uh-huh. as well. If you start looking at at new numbers as we progress throughout the year, things start to materialize. We are seeing changes. And so I think that's something that, you know, we've been talking about being nimble all year. This is going to be a year that we need to be extremely flexible. And I think that's going to have to remain the case. I mean, I don't see any other way because the Fed is the, that's always the wild card. You don't know exactly what they're going to do, but we have a pretty good idea. And, and you know, they're always, we, like we talk about it, a day late and a dollar short, but, and it's not an enviable, enviable position to be in. However, um, you know, these guys are going to have to act. And like you said, it's probably with the squirt gun or a water bottle where it could, you know, it really probably needs to be with the bazooka. But, you know, we know that that's just not going to be the case in this environment because the financial stability aspect of it in the environment that we're currently in, I just can't see how you do it. You don't. Yeah, to your point. So um, it's amazing because I still think that the Fed is the ultimate uh, in the ultimate view of the market versus anything that's going on in Ukraine. Because soon as Powell speaks, it drowns out everything else. Mm-hmm. Because it's always about interest rates. It's always about the Fed. 
Yes, this is other stuff that creates very large price volatility in major U.S. indexes. Absolutely. But the thing that really gets the market going is the Fed. And I think what this market is banking on is that inflation starts to peak and turn. And if you look at first quarter in, uh, economic numbers, you, it would say that that would be the case. But we don't know. So it's really in the Fed's hands what this market does. But to be down 8.65% in the face of all this, that's just literally the price of admission to invest in stocks. And if you have been in bonds, which have worked, as Lance talks about, in, in times of extreme volatility, or even gold, the, the traditional safe havens are working. We get back. We want to talk about frugal living tips from the Great Depression. Not that that's coming, but in the face of inflation, it could help. Here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAFSA. It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome back. Morning funny for you. It's important to look closely at lawn signs during election campaigns. Last time I voted for a real estate agent. You know, that could happen. Because <clears throat> out of 5,000 people on my Facebook, I think 4,900 are roughly real, are real estate agents. Really? I think so. <laughs> I think that's the, the side business of our time. Not to denigrate those who do a, a full-time job and do a good job of it, but... Oh, there is an art to it. Everybody I know is <laughs> selling real estate. Why not? When are you getting your license, license Danny? I'm not. <laughs> but I'm telling Michelle she is. <laughs> yeah, Michelle. Not paying that 6%. And Michelle could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah. So you Yeah, you might be one. There. You might be, if she starts... A new venture, you might want to be one of those stay-at-home husbands. I, I, I told her, hey, we could we could make this work, but you know. <laughs> give us see the story. You know those money dynamics of men who are really you're intimidated by their wives making more money. I'm like, <laughs> bring it on, please, <laughs> please do make me a kept man. <clears throat> yeah, I have no ego in this. Make as much as you want. See, I love what I do though. So that'd be the most difficult well, part. Well, no, no. But I mean, I'm not going to be intimidated by my spouse making more money than no, I. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. But it's funny how you read when there's financial conflict between couples and it's happening more. And right that, I mean, if you are both not on, like you and Michelle are on the same wavelength, which is important when it comes to your money scripts. How many times do we meet with couples that 
their money scripts totally conflict. I have, I am proud to say I have broken up more engagements <clears throat> than most advisors probably have. One time I met with a couple, I said, I don't think you two are really compatible. <laughs> He's a spendthrift. She's a saver. And it was like two ends of the spectrum. And they were going to try to work that out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I met with somebody just a couple days ago and where it was, she said, look, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. He wanted to be extremely, <clears throat> you know, save all this money and go buy all these things. But yet, you know, racking up credit card debt. Yeah. You know, so you start seeing the dynamics well, of it and the changes, how quickly that can occur. And then the long-term impact, it's significant. Well, this young couple I met with, they were the great, and I still work with her. He doesn't like me very much. Um, he goes, she, he wants me to pay off his credit, his um, student loan debt. So we we're on, we're on an, on a better footing. What do you mean we're? I said, <laughs> that's not your student loan debt. She's by the way, that's this was about seven years ago, and she's married to a very nice gentleman. <clears throat> And uh, they both have the same money script. <clears throat> and he has no student loan debt. And he has no student loan yeah. debt. So, so that's this was pre-marriage. He was saying he wanted her to pay it off? Yeah, that was part uh, of his plan. Because I said, bring to me your plans of what, how you're going to... I want to see what you're going to do to meld all this together. There was uh, no melding. <clears throat> there was no melding. So Someone was going to be financially neutered, <laughs> but there was no melding. <laughs> Well, but that's um, unfortunate. That's the, that's the problem I think that we see in general, the, mm-hmm. the lack of personal finance 101, the inability to have conversations openly. I mean, you think about it. It used to be you could sit around a, a table and you know people would go through the budget together. You'd have mm-hmm. a, a right. weekly or monthly meeting and discuss these things. And, it, and I feel like, you know, probably as parents, and we've talked about this before, Rich, that we don't do as good of a job as we should, showing kids that this is the way mm-hmm. it should be, doing yeah. these things in front of them. You know, it's like I've told you guys numerous times how our little one, he, he, you know, one day he looked at a playset and uh, online, he wanted me to look at, look at this. And it was like, of course, the biggest one ever. And he, uh, he said, Hey, I want to, I want you to, you know, I want this one. And it was like $27,000. I'm trying to explain to him at five years old, how that's just not, you know, we're not going to do that. And uh, a couple of days later, maybe when you're older, yeah. A couple of days later, he said, Hey dad, we're the guys. I said, what guys? Well, the guys for the, the playset said, what? What are you talking about? He's like, I was like, oh, wait a second. You thought we bought that. So, yeah, oh. we got online. We bought that. So where are they? Because, you know, they see they see the Amazon boxes show up. The, you know, I mean, and FedEx you were looking at it street. online, so he made the assumption that you that you bought it. Correct. And so that's that's an issue, I think, that we have to face. And, and you know, so, like, I thought I told Michelle, I said, hey, we have to do a better job of communicating on how these things work. And so... You know, we've broken out dollars and, you know, it's like uh, we took them to an arcade and the arcade has they have cards now. So they have no sense of of how how this works and what that that means. When we say, you know, Michelle went and got a bunch of quarters and said, here you go, guys. If she gets there, you can't even use them. I know what because you're trying to understand how actual exactly. money works, how much. you know, So it's tangible. Yes. And that's the problem now because they see this card. And they just think it's a. It, you know. That is the benefit of handling dirty, old-fashioned money for children. Coins, dollars. Right? You yeah. know what Danny did, right, Brent? He says, yeah, James, uh, <clears throat> it's in the backyard. And then he locked the kid in the yard all night, teaching him the lesson that there is no gifts coming. 
no big playhouses. Yeah, it looked like I had a bunch of gophers in the backyard. He had a <laughs> shovel. And I kid. He, oh, he gets it. He, my middle one gets mm-hmm. it. Uh, the immediate, I see the biggest issue with kids today, and it's always been an issue. I, so I'm not saying this is a new issue. I just see it's more exas- it's more exacerbated. It's it's bigger. Is the immediate gratification we give kids? Yeah. We the delayed gratification bone is something you need to form in children because that is so important to investing. Pay yourself first. Financial discipline. That ability. And there have been great studies, like uh, Dan Ariely writes in his book about you know he had a whole experiment with chocolate. Which kids ate chocolate right away? Which kids waited to do, they said, if you do this, you get more chocolate. Like, in other words, if you do this, yep. I'll put another piece of chocolate. And so you'll have two instead of one. How many kids went for the one and how many kids went Waited and delayed wait, and got two. And got two, yeah. right? So teaching your children delayed gratification, I think, is one of the most important lessons when it comes to money. You know how hard and is that else now? in life. Think about how hard that is now because everybody has access to to, to money. Yes. Credit card. Everything. Oh, easy to go get a loan. So, and I you can know buy what? Nobody anything. waits. I could buy, like you said, I could buy anything. Like while we're on the show here, I can just pretty much order anything I want. Anything right? you in want. In a minute. Yeah. So that financial discipline to our children is more important than ever and yet it's failing probably more often than it ever has. And that's important. So these frugal living tips, the reason I'm bringing that up is I saw this piece, and it's pretty elementary. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show are going to be rolling their eyes with this. But with inflation and how to spend your dollars, this is going to be very important. So today, like I was on, when I was on Facebook, one of my friends, Charlie, said, listen, and it's really simple advice. But then I said, this is the best advice I've heard. Maintenance on your automobile. If you're not tracking maintenance on oil changes, transmission fluid changes, tire rotations, this is the time. Anything you can do to prolong the life of your automobile. Right? Now, these are things we should have been doing anyway. But how many do? Now, it's going to mean big money in your po- out of your pocket. Yeah. If you don't follow simple rules that lead to spending less money overall, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it just, it, it, it's, it's too easy sometimes, right? We make it too difficult in so many ways, but really if we get down to stripping down all the excess of things, we can make this so much easier. Do you know how long Grandma Rosso would make a square of aluminum foil last? I think I went through the same aluminum foil from kindergarten to sixth grade. <laughs> that arc I actually goes, started marking it, like you know, kid, you mark your kid's height yeah. on how old this piece of Just aluminum. Put a date every time you saw it. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to do that, but that's what Brent will remember this. How about all that orange Tupperware, or everything became a container for you to hold mm-hmm. your Cool Whip container, your whatever container you had became a food container. So when you went into my grandmother's refrigerator <laughs> and they were like, you know, four of, you know, uh, all this Cool Whip and all this. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Yeah. yeah. She would take. Remember Wonder Bread? 
Oh, yes. The old wrappers mm, with the colored balloons yeah, polka on dots, them. Polka yeah. dots? Yeah. Do you know she would use that mm. to store food? Cheap baggies. Cheap. <laughs> it was always a mystery when you went in that fridge. Yeah. I'm not you know saying. What? We laugh at cheap baggies. Uh-huh. The price of oil is going to impact the cost of baggies. You watch. Oh, and the, you well, know with the zippers and all that. Of course, oh, yeah. all the all the petroleum that goes into this stuff. Forget Every, it. Everything you touch is going to be affected by this. Mm-hmm. By the way, Tupperware makes great nail and screw holders in the garage. Hmm. So I recycle the recycles. Good for you. Yeah. Brent's got a hint of that. That green. Mm. That Great Depression. But I'm saying you don't have to get this extreme, but you do get creative. But that's that era you where get... you, you, you would reuse things. You would make things work. You would fix things. Right. Well, now we just say, ah, we'll get another one. But this is where one of the tips is, right? Get creative in developing new things that you can make or repair yourself instead of purchasing from the store. So help others understand that so they don't need to purchase those items. This makes sense. This is almost going to be like MacGyver. <laughs> Inflation MacGyver. He was onto something. He, he was. Yeah. He didn't realize how much inflation we were going to see. So that's important, I think. Uh, you know, um, we're going to continue with some of these tips. But man, I thought the one about sticking to the schedule for automobile maintenance, so simple. But yet so important. We get back. We can continue on some tips from the Great Depression. I'm not depressed because I have Girl Scout cookies. We'll be right back. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAFSA. It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the The FAFSA, FAFSA. Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Did you know the annual inflation rate for motor vehicle parts and equipment was up 13% in January? So take care of that automobile. Another tip is to regularly visit, revisit your recurring expenses. I had a client that's finally micro-budgeting, going through all her credit card statements and found a Norton antivirus annual subscription on a computer they haven't had for about seven years. 
I hate it when that happens. Multiple subscriptions to ESPN, and they only use one. Magazines that they don't even remember the names of. And I'm telling you, these recurring expenses are wonderful for organizations, but not good for you, unless you're absolutely using the service. And even then, shop around, get new quotes, do new things. I did a recent report uh, during a Super Bowl weekend with Channel 2 KPRC, helping a woman who wanted to lower her interest rate on her credit cards. So I went through the steps with her, with Bill Spencer over at Channel 2, and, you know, I told her what to say. And, man, I've got somebody from J.P. Morgan on the phone, right? So this woman wouldn't budge. Oh, we don't. Well, listen, I've been with you for this long. I gave her all the pitch. <laughs> and the uh, girl was very nice. The uh, customer service representative was very nice. She goes, yeah, but we don't negotiate. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't negotiate over credit card rates. Well, you know, and she kept going. I told her, keep going, keep going. Till she finally relented and said, well, maybe I can put you through to the retention department. Well, ultimately, she took, yes, there is something maybe. called a retention department. So listen to this. Mm -hmm. This is on a chase card. I, I bet there's like a, they have a clock that goes every call. It starts like, you cannot tell anybody about the retention department until they've been on the phone for at least one hour. No, well, we were <laughs> right? on the phone. Hey, you don't we want people the, knowing about this stuff. No, you, she Fine, had to you keep, got it, you won. Well, in other words, you know what I told the woman that was a very nice woman, business owner, you know how many people would have given up? Mm-hmm. Because she was, you know, we just don't negotiate that. I'm sorry. Well, and she, you know, very nice, stay polite, keep going, keep, Keep chipping away. Well, she lowered, she got her interest rate lowered from 18% to something like 12% for a year. Okay, still high, but what I'm saying is sometimes this takes a little work. Well, the other part of that scenario is, and, and that's great that they get the interest rate lowered, but if you pay the stupid thing off every month, there is no interest well, charge. But again, that doesn't ha you got to look at real life. I Cause, know. Because when I yeah. looked at the story on Channel 2's mm -hmm. website, yeah. everybody is a know-it-all. Well, this is a terrible story. You should be paying it off every month. Thanks, Karen. Like, we wouldn't have known that. <laughs> Obviously, she's a business owner, new business. She can't pay it off every month. Right. Right? She does more than the minimum payment. So, you know, again, all you financial know-it-alls that say, you should pay it off every month. I want to see the manager. Sometimes in real life, you can't. So you got to work with what you got. All right. Ask for loyalty discounts, right? Try negotiating with the biller. Again, we just saw that. Again, you're going to have to have a strong resolution there. You're going to have to make sure that you keep going. Listen, listen. Hey, you know, all right. Pay annually instead of monthly. How many... Services do you need, Danny? Like I'll buy a service and it'll say, okay, if I know I'm going to absolutely use this service, I will pay for the annual versus the monthly charge because the annual charge is going to give me a lower cost. Correct. Yeah. Right? So it's so much cheaper. So it just like insurance, I mean, if you're paying for your automobile, your homeowners, you typically get a small discount if you pay things up front. So I think that's always something to look at. Um, 
but you know, you've got to understand it and think about like, I know there's so many subscriptions these days, you know, from the television subscriptions to uh, food. I mean, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even Amazon Prime went up in price just recently. Mm -hmm. And, but if you start doing the cost and figure out shipping in two days, I mean, there's not many instances where you're going to find something still better, right? Or mm -hmm. cheaper, a cheaper alternative and something that gives you such a wide array of different products. I mean, that's always a nice aspect of it. But there's a service for a service for a service these days. You know, it's just Absolutely. like, and now they have, you know, we talked about this uh, off, off air, but Truebill or other services similar to it. A subscription service to help you lower your subscription services. <laughs> it's listen, that's genius. It is because they're going to go through what and do what you won't do. Yeah, and say, wait, we detect this, we detect that, so it might be worth it for a period of time, as opposed to just sitting there. But like you said, we have lost the ability to sit and examine our finances. But you know what? In a very simple manner. It, it's so interesting because I think life has become so much easier in so many ways that we're lazy in others because it's so easy to hit the button and say, order this. Yes, I'll sign up for the subscription, do the Apple Pay, whatever it may be. But you can also, in the amount of time you can do that, you can go on your phone, go to your calendar and add, say, hey, here is when this is going to be up or my free trial is up. If you want to try something out or you want to watch you know, one one show and you're going to binge watch it instead of owning that service for the next year do it for the that that free period and get out speaking of binge watching if you haven't done it you got to watch jack reacher on amazon prime have you done that brent get to it yes I very have. good it is exactly like the book all of it it is exactly like the book and he's a he's a better jack reacher than well because he's the Tom jack Cruise. reacher in the book yeah Right? Mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was great. Okay. Paying cash instead of a credit card. So yesterday, I had my lawn composted. Not cheap. And they said, okay, well, you can put it on a credit card. It's a small company. I said, well, you said if I go through Zelle, I get 2% discount to pay cash. So I paid cash. And this was not cheap, by the way, to compost your lawn. But I had to get it done. So 2%. Had to. You had to, man. You got to make that lawn healthy, man. Listen to Randy Lemon. Uh, so listen. Are you on the schedule? I am on the schedule. Okay. Ah, I'm right. on the schedule. Do you do this? I do the schedule. Yeah. I do the schedule. I don't do the composting. That's a lot of work. And aeration on my lawn. Can't mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to rent the machine and all that junk. So I, I'm going to need to see uh, weekly and monthly pictures of this lawn. You should see it compared to the rest of the neighborhood. Their lawns are like white. And let me tell you Mine's something, great. there's some things around the house, like composting your yard and aerating your grass, it's better to pay somebody to do it. But the skin, you know, to actually fertilize your own yeah. lawn, you can do that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But the point is, pay with cash if you can. Now, why can I pay with cash? Because I have what? A financial vulnerability cushion. Cash is empowering, even though inflation and cash doesn't work. If I'm going to buy something and I'm paying cash versus using my credit card, is cash really hurt by inflation? If I'm using the cash properly, that's right. And I need the cash aside for an emergency reserve, I can go ahead and put it into a Chernobyl market, right, where I'm going to get extreme volatility, or I have enough to compost 
my lawn or do anything else that I need with cash. And small businesses, they're not paying fees to credit card companies, so most likely they're going to give you a discount. Another one, how many times do you get offered an extended warranty on junk? Like, why do I need an extended warranty on my toothbrush? They are rarely worth it. Now, I will show you there are times, I think, when it is worth it. Maybe on automobiles, depending upon what they come with, right? And all that. But how many times do you buy something online, Danny? Like, I'm talking about a simple electronic. And it gets you right there. It says, before you go, you need this extended warranty. I wonder how many people actually fall for that. Oh, I think all the time. I think it's a, it's, it's an easy thing to do. And even on vehicles, you know, a lot of people don't, don't realize that you can do this a la carte where you can say, hey, you know what? I do drive quite a bit. I, for some reason, have a tendency for flat tires or, you know, messing up the rims on a vehicle, things of that nature where you could do, you know, some of these things side, you know, just piecemeal them together. <coughs> and, you know, I think there's an advantage to some of these things. But, you know, I, we, we're trying to think the last time we had a, uh, a new car. Michelle was in there, and I'm, I'm trying to get her to go through the process and understand and, you know, make sure she's building her credit as well. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, hey, um, you know, I think you really need this, uh, this warranty. So I said, okay, tell me about it. And, you know, well, here's the cost. And so, you know, they break it down to you on a monthly mm-hmm. basis. Mm. I'm like, wait a second. And why do they do that, Danny? Well, because, Why they break it down on a monthly well, because everybody lives by payment to payment. And right. You think, well, this isn't so bad. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Right. So I, I, I did the math. And I was like, wait a second. And this was just something. <laughs> this was like the, I mean. Danny's if, like Columbo. He goes, If um, you had this warranty, uh, ever had to do anything on a vehicle. Yeah. This is where they lose me, right? Because then you just get you get a little bit frustrated. Right. Like this, forget y'all. We're, we're yeah, out Yeah, we're done. Right. Uh, but it was like $21,000. What? I mean, yeah. I was like, man. When you, you did guys, the math. You better, you better, this car better come with a driver. It, it wasn't even that great. And think so, about how many people fall for that. All the time. Everybody gets this. The best thing now, granted, I'm sure that's what they're telling everybody, but yeah. Hmm. I think we're going to stick with this topic when we get back. Here on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAFSA. It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
I was looking up something about Social Security. I'm sorry. All right, we were continuing on some tips to save money in times of high inflation. But I think these tips are good for any time. Why wouldn't you use these tips regardless of inflation? So another one is to raise your deductibles. I worked with someone the other day, Danny, and I said, uh, we're talking about health care premiums. And they have enough assets. And I said, well, why don't we just raise your look for coverage that has a like a higher deductible plan, which means lower premiums. If you needed to pay the $3,000 out of pocket, you could. And you're healthy. You don't. You rarely go to the doctor. And that's what we did. So is it? You can potentially save hundreds of dollars raising deductibles as high as you can afford, right? So your coverage is the same, but your policy premiums will be much cheaper. But you have to have the financial vulnerability cushion to empower you to do that. See how the financial vulnerability cushion even doesn't earn much? Although I did look at Marcus Bank yesterday. I think a 12-month CD was 07 Danny, that's the highest I've seen in a while. They're raising rates in anticipation of the Fed. Yeah, that's actually that was 0.5 before. It's 0.7 now. That's another benefit of using an online FDIC insured bank. They raise rates before the Fed does. Your brick and mortar bank is not going to raise rates when the Fed raises short term rates. They're not going to raise the rates on your CDs and money markets and savings accounts. They're going to raise it on your credit card. That's what they're going to raise them on. So why wouldn't you use an online bank? That should be one of these tips. <laughs> well, it should, but I think, you know, if you think about how banking industries change, everybody's going towards online anyways. You look at a lot of the brick and mortars, they're taking tellers away, they're encouraging, you know, these these automated ATM or teller machines, um, shutting down drive-throughs. This is an easy one. Now, you do have to get you have to get a little bit more comfortable with it. So, I would certainly encourage encourage that because look, these rates aren't Nothing's, you know, you're not Nothing's going to make you jump up and down when you see these rates. But it's much better than the alternative where the big guys they're not paying you anything. I mean, go look. You could have quite a bit of money, and you're probably earning pennies on the dollar, if that, or on dollars. So, you know, make your money work for you, even if it's just going to sit there. Anything is better than nothing. Absolutely. Also, when you want to fine tune your coverage, like raising your deductibles, you want to look at your insurance policies. Are you paying, one, are you paying for coverage that you don't need? Most likely you're underinsured, especially if it looks at something that's going to protect your net worth. You built a high net worth. You don't have a lot of debt. What can affect it? Right? Someone trips over my composting, falls in an aeration hole. Damn squirrels. That's quite an aerator. <laughs> I had another joke there, but it would have been tasteless. Um, yeah, don't go for it. Um, so that's called umbrella coverage. Do you have auto coverage customized for the area you live? Like my insurance guy says something like, well, you only need this for uninsured motor coverage, motorist, right? Uninsured. I'm like, uh, uh, 
You see where I live, buddy? <laughs> Raise it up. Uninsured motorist coverage is higher. I will go ahead and craft my coverage. I'm not going to also go by the recommendation by an insurance broker. And if I do, I'm going to get a second opinion. But don't you think so, Danny, that you really want to fine-tune your insurance coverage here? Well, absolutely. I think everybody needs to fine-tune it because it's not a one-size-fits-all issue. And so when we're, we're talking about any type of coverage, we need to be very deliberate when we're, we're purchasing this. I mean, one, you know, obviously your track record, you mentioned, Rich, the area you live in. I mean, uninsured motorists and usage is probably a pretty big thing. Um, and then fortifying your finances by making sure you have what? The umbrella policy, uh, mm -hmm. going above and beyond, making sure your coverages are adequate. And I think that's really important. And then, you know, when you take that big picture of knowing assets as well, <laughs> you get a much better idea as far as what you need. Yeah. And so, you know, insurance is, we, we talk about this frequently, how, you know, unfortunately, many times it's just sold, hey, you need this, 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 and this without knowing the full story where you need to take a holistic approach with that as well. Financial vulnerability is not just keeping cash. If I have a fort around my net worth, what can breach it, right? Most likely some form of insurance is going to help you mitigate that risk, but we don't think about it because that stuff doesn't happen to us, but it does. And insurance to cover these risks is relatively cheap. So it's important for you to take a look at that, right? Absolutely. Next, ditch your bank accounts with fees. Like I use Ally Bank mm -hmm. for my checking and or Fidelity, right? So you can have a Fidelity or if you have your brokerage account, you can have a checking feature to your brokerage account. Why do I, why do I need a brick and mortar bank with fees. And I think a lot of these banks are catching on, Danny, because I was seeing something from Bank of America that they're going to cut overdraft fees because banks make huge bucks they off do. overdraft fees. Well, we just got a nice tip on, on our YouTube channel. Well, so ahead. if you haven't checked out, go to The Real Investment Show. Go like like it, please. Uh, follow us there. So if you miss a show, you're driving along, you say, hey, I want to go back and hear something, you can always go to YouTube, check it out. But Robert just said, hey, SoFi Mm -hmm. Bank mm -hmm. has I maybe Miss Sofi Sophie Sofi Sofi so I thought yeah. I thought that was right but um they're they're to have a one percent checking account nice if you get direct deposit so that's pretty oh, cool with no fees with no fees and it's FDIC insured correct so how many times you walk into a bank when I was little Brent was little our parents were like on a Saturday where are we going where are we going today we're going to the bank to wait online for something we don't have to do right. That still happens, you know, this day and age. It like, does? You have regulars. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah. Who the heck is going to the bank? Retired people. <laughs> and they're always in front of me in line. Yeah. Or it's the post office. I need to reconcile my passbook savings. I don't even want to tell you what the post office smells like when you walk in. <clears throat> but it isn't good. Um, when I was a kid, we were on welfare. And my mother would drag me to the welfare office to sit there while she begged and pleaded for whatever money she needed, right? And that smell never left my nose. Now I walk into the post office and that smell comes back. And I have no idea why. Isn't that amazing what your brain will do? It, it is. Because I'm like, I never want to sit here again. I never want to be in this again. I never want to touch a food stamp again. 
So there's a connection there. There's a clue. Is that where the yeah, lost maybe it's mail the winds of the, up? Is that the unemployment Maybe office? that's what... Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's, it's the, all the old uh, fruitcakes. From the holidays, nobody wants. You know what I wants. think it is? You know what's going to lap? I think it's the stuff they clean the floors with. Like that... That smell. Like yeah. That. Yeah, it's not fabuloso. No, 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 no. It's something else. So, so thanks for the uh, flashback, post office. I'm never walking in there again. Um... I think a more, lot more young people are going to do this, Danny. You're young, but in your mind, you're like 110. Um, live in a walkable, bikeable area. I could tell you my daughter, 23 years old, rarely uses the car. Do you know how many Gen Zs don't even have a driver's license? Well, I think this is going to be dependent on where you live as well. I mean, in Houston, I mean, I'm 41 miles from from door to door, from the well, office. No, I to, mean, but if you lived in Houston, like, and I'm not, and downtown. I'm not that far. I mean, really, yeah. if you think about it, that trip that you take is just in the northwest side of the county in which Houston's located. If Danny takes a bike, that'll be the next iteration of 1883. Yeah, and if he does, how he makes that trip, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd and make he's it. Gonna be sh- honest, he's going to get shot by an arrow, or <laughs> something's going to happen to him. I think it was safer for those guys. In all honesty. I actually do. You know what? <laughs> in this city, it would actually was actually safer in 1883 mm-hmm. to cross uh, the Great Plains. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't you think? I agree. <laughs> I mean, you could, the, the, the list goes on here, but it could be an uninsured motorist to hit you. Um, you know, <laughs> the last three times one of our vehicles has been hit, it was by an uninsured motorist. That's- last three. The last three, yes. You do have to, and I'm not just saying, I'm not just digging on Houston. You have to look at where city you're in and and, and really craft your insurance. Well, and because Houston has gonna, the highest rates because of that kind of situation. But they're going to say, here's the state minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, And if I'm living in Luling, it works. I'd like to live in Luling. But in Houston, it doesn't. All right. So that's why you do have to fine tune your insurance, look at your premiums and deductibles and get a review every year. We do that here. We have a great guy who does it. Chris Lieber. I never seen anybody who lives, breathes insurance. I thought I did, but let's put it this way. I mean, he'll put you to sleep because it's insurance, but it's important. See, insurance excites me, so I don't fall asleep during insurance discussions. Um, meal plan. All right. The, be- the people I know are who eat the healthiest and save money on groceries, plan out their meals. Hey, speaking of Chris Levin, though, he is also uh, a oh yeah, FAFSA genius. He so is. anybody out there who has a student in high school or college about to be uh, you know, embarking on trying to fill out you know, government papers, all these things that are very overwhelming. We're going to, we're going to have a lunch and learn next Thursday on the 10th. Go check it out. Go to realinvestmentadvice.com. You can sign o'clock. up right there. It'll be noon on Thursday the 10th. Hope to see you guys there. Um, everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back at it here this Monday. Thanks for joining us.